Welcome back to another episode of Questions with Crocker with my husband, where we answer vet med behind the scenes questions that you have as listeners. We're so excited today because we haven't quit yet and we haven't been fired from this. It's day two. (laughs) We're excited because we often get frequent questions about being couples, and that's what we're going to get into today. But first, we have a little bit of housekeeping. So if you're new here, housekeeping is where we talk about upcoming events. We talk about things that are important for you to know. Obviously, since we are a new podcast, we would love if you would like, share, follow us on social media. And also, I was not going to forget to say Uh. it. And also, most importantly, please leave a review if you appreciate this podcast and get any sort of value out of it. We're certainly doing this because we get a lot of questions about the things that we're doing as a veterinarian and an entrepreneur together. And so we want to share that knowledge with you. The other thing is I have a trip coming up, which it's not really a surprise, but uh, in July, I will be a part of the Hills New Grad event. And I'll be talking to new graduate veterinarians and teaching them about where is that located? It's in Denver. I'm going to that one. I mean, we've discussed it, but we have children, so. Yeah. <laughs> Denver's a good place to go in this time of year. I would agree, but someone has to watch the kids, so we have to figure that out first because I have to go. Like, I'm I'm getting paid to go, so. You could do it backwards and just say, I'm going to go, and then we'll figure out the kids. I mean, okay. Well, let's talk about it later. How about that? And then uh, I'll follow up with uh, AVMA convention is right after that. So it's kind of two trips in one. Uh, I did make my speaking schedule where I'll be able to get home a couple of days early and not be there the entire time. So Perfect. even if you don't make it, you won't miss me for too long. Perfect. <laughs> so you can uh, see me at either of those events. And then you can always follow me on social media at Crocker, where I post daily. We talk about a lot of veterinary cases. We talk about just things going on in the industry. And so that is a great place to connect daily with me. And they can follow me and DM me on my Instagram. You just learned what all that was the other day. You didn't even know your handle. No, it's, a, it's a, like an adventure to okay. try to find me. So you're an IG husband. That means you support me. It doesn't yes. mean you're the star. <laughs> Do you want to you want to host tonight? No. Okay. No, okay. I'm out. I didn't think so. <laughs> So that is the housekeeping. Now, the second thing we're going to do is the word of the day. Uh, This is something that is fun because, number one, Shane can't really spell. And number two, in veterinary medicine, we have a lot of words that are a little harder to spell. Right? Yeah, this is a yes. So uh, I'm going to start you off with a simple one. Okay? (laughs) Spell veterinarian. V-E-T-E-R-I-N-A-R-I. I-A-N. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. There's a sign behind you that says that. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I completely forgot about that sign. Listen, it's not, about, it's not about working smarter. It's Could you have spelled it if the sign wasn't there? Yeah, at some point. Oh, my gosh. Well, nailed that one. Got it. I'm going I'm to keep a tally. Keep track of this. <laughs> Whoa. We're keeping a tally. Let's see how many you actually spelled correctly. Smoked that one. I wouldn't say smoked, but. Okay. So let's get into the questions. Uh, we... Because I post on social media and I share about being a veterinarian and being a mom and being married, we get a ton of questions about our relationship, when we got married, uh, since we've bought a vet hospital together, what does that look like since I travel and speak a lot and you obviously do a lot of the childcare and a lot of – take care of a lot of the things here. What does that look like? So I thought we would get into it. 
One of the questions that people ask is, how did we meet? Obviously, because after 16 years, we have such a magical marriage and they want to know how this happened. So I want you to start us off. I want to hear your side of how we met. Uh, I worked out a lot more back then. <laughs> we both so, did. <laughs> so that, that helped. The hot tub moment came later after our initial meeting. Let's start with first time we met, where that was. Why don't you set us up? Yeah. So we technically both crashed a wedding in San Antonio. We had mutual friends that were attending the wedding. Not even the bride and groom. No. I, yes. <laughs> I don't even know how we ended up there. <laughs> uh, but it was a great time, fun wedding. Um, it was a time where a friend called and said, Hey, what are you doing this weekend? I said, nothing. He said, well, let's go to San Antonio. And I showed up. I got the same phone call. Come to this wedding. You don't know the bride and groom. We have some plus ones. Come hang out in San Antonio. I was in college station at school, but I also was dating somebody. I had been dating someone for two years. So I showed up because we were kind of in a fight, wanted to get out of town. And I happened to get in the car with some guy I didn't know. And what I remember is you're like kicked back in your car. I'm from Louisiana. Looking real cool. And you didn't have your seatbelt on. Yes. And what But was, I just saw Sinbad. What was the first thing I said to you? Buckle up. I did. Yeah. And what did you say? Okay. <laughs> I think there's a little more attitude from you than that. Very possible. But first impressions but just maybe weren't. Was. Maybe it wasn't great though. On whose part? On me. Like I was a little aggressive with you. Oh. Yeah. Don't worry about that. I did tell you you had pretty blue eyes, and you said everyone says that. I don't remember that part either. That happened. That happened 100%. So anyways, the entire weekend, we went to the rehearsal dinner. We went to, like, everything, even though we did not know the bride and groom. Uh, And we just kept talking to each other. We kept— I think the advantage of not knowing anybody at the wedding probably helped. Yes. My situation. We kept talking to each other. Uh, We danced. I danced with a ton of people. It was very fun. But I felt like I just— kept ending up next to you. We kept having a discussion. So I went to leave and I didn't, it wasn't inappropriate, but I was kind of like, is there a vibe here? I agree. And you said, you have a boyfriend. I'm not that kind of guy. So I promptly went home after meeting you for a weekend, broke up with my boyfriend of two years and called you and told you I was single. That That's how I remember it. And we were engaged like, Eight months later or something crazy. And 16 years later, we're still here. So I do tell people all the time, you never know where you're going to meet your person and to be open to opportunity, which I think in general sums up our marriage, wouldn't you say? Agreed. That's why we do so many things, because we're really open to opportunity. Yes. So best decision ever to crash a wedding and to... I was the original wedding crasher. You were not. There's many before you. And you didn't do some of the things that wedding crashers do. True. Like as wild and crazy as they get. True. So that's how we met in San Antonio, crashing a wedding. Uh, And again, nothing inappropriate happened before I was single. Uh, Yes, true. All right. Just want to make sure that's clear, especially since our kid is in the room. All right. So then we got married. We got married between first and second year of vet school. And uh, that was a wild experience. It was. It was a good time, though. The marriage itself, like the wedding? No, or... I mean just the whole vet experience. I would agree. What are some of the things you enjoyed about being with me in vet school? I think being involved early on, you have a better sense of what life is going to be like. Because I think life is probably, for a veterinarian, is an extension of vet school. So just being there through that whole process, um, 
There's a lot of good friends made during that time. Um, it was fun. It was fun. I remember when we were dating, I told you I wanted to be a veterinarian, an equine veterinarian. That's what I did when yep. I first got out of school. And I basically said, it's going to be a lot of work. Vet school is going to be a lot of work. Uh, and are you ready for that? Are you okay with that? And you said to me, a lot of people go to work every day to pay the bills and they don't love what they do. There's our cat. But you said you actually know what you want to do. You know what your dream is and I'll always support your dream. And I feel like in 16 years, you've never backed off of that. I agree. But I think it's mutual. I think it's a, I think we have mutual respect for each other in that, that realm. And the things we care about and we want to do 100%. So... We were married in vet school. What I remember is, one, you yelling at me for not studying enough. Um, and two. Yelling and is very aggressive. You, I just probably stated, hey, are you really ready for that test? You probably said you should study more. Um, that, yeah. Let's be honest. And two, you were really supportive. Like if we were in the anatomy lab all night, you brought us Starbucks. You did intramurals with me and my friends, all those vet school uh, activities that we had at school and even things like open house or things we were putting on for the school. Like you helped with them. You were always integrated in a part of it. And we have vet students that are not even vet students, vet students that are married to someone else outside of the industry. And they will come up to us and you know, be at conferences together, be at talks together. And it's really fun to see that support in school. Cause I think for me, that made a huge difference in my vet school experience. Um, just having that level of support and understanding for how demanding it really was. Yeah. I think there's two parts to that one as the partner, you have to be open to participating, but the person that's in vet school has to also make it a priority to include that person. Because it very easily could have been, hey, I'm going to study. I'll be back in three hours. You're like, hey, I'm going to study. Can you bring us a coffee in an hour? Right. So if you have somebody that's going to allow you to participate and that partner that wants to participate, that's, I think, key to the survival. Yeah. One of the biggest issues I saw with a lot of my classmates was their partner felt like they weren't the priority ever. And I think a lot of that was because school had to be the priority at certain points. But instead of including them in the things they could include them in, they just did them by themselves. Agreed. And so that pushed them kind of farther apart. And that's carried into my career in general because it's a busy career. It's a demanding career, like you said. And so I think it's something that's good to establish early on that communication of what you need um, and what happens. But overall, I loved that school and the experience. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely – I mean, there were times where you could tell it was tough. But at the same token, when you're passionate about something and – you know, you have the sense that you're never going to fail. You just go after it and make it happen. That, yes. that goes a long ways. But again, I, I think being open and transparent about needs um, and having a good understanding of what you're getting into, even though me not being around animals <laughs> growing up, well, cows, we had cows and dogs and stuff, but um, not understanding the, the true nature of the profession, you lay in that baseline helped, but it still really didn't probably fully kick in until – we were in the middle of it. But again, I think veterinary profession is an extension of vet school. So for those, and we've heard this several times, you know, it's going to be easier when we get out of school. No, yes. it's not. Yes. It's not. So Students say that to me all the time. They'll say, well, I'm having a hard time. But when, when I get out of school and have more time, and I'm like, yeah. you never have more time. But that does lead into post-school. So I did an internship for a year in California. That was you, a great time. I played a lot of golf in California. You did play a ton of golf. I worked 
a lot. Yeah. Um, and that was a great experience. I loved it. And then we came back to Texas and we had seven years of being married between vet school and after school where we had no kids. We traveled, we went to Italy, we went all over the place and we worked really hard, but then we also played really hard. And I felt like that was a good foundation for our marriage. Uh, and it helped us just understand who we were together before we had kids. And then first kid came along, Isabella, and I was doing equine. I was working. Can we give her back? <laughs> I think we'll keep her at least today. But I was working, you know, 60, 80 hour weeks uh, until I had her. And then I tried to go back to work at eight weeks. Uh, and that was a little bit of a struggle. And you really helped me realize my priorities needed to change at that point in time. I think the struggle before that for me was seeing you so pregnant, trying to work on horses. True. Like that was, that was very, I think that's the first time I like kicked in like, okay, wait a minute, we're having a baby and she's trying to practice medicine on these huge animals. What happens after, right? So I think my mind started prepping for what's next, even before Izzy was born. And I never thought about that. I just was still doing my job even yeah. though I was super pregnant. I do remember, I don't know if you remember this, when we went to downtown Fort Worth, it was like the middle of the city and it was like one of those like backyard mm -hmm. ton of horses. And there was a yearling who had cut his back leg and it needed to be sutured. And I was so pregnant. And so I sedated him so I could like try to do it. But every time I touched him with the needle on the back leg, he tried to kick me. And I'm like, I mean, I was 35 weeks pregnant. You went with me because it was late at night and you're holding the horse up. The horse is swaying because he's sedated, but he's also trying to kick me. And you actually were pretty mad at me after that appointment because you were like, you could have, like he could have fell on you or something could have happened in it. I mean, your reflexes just weren't quite as crisp. I am stealthy. I don't know. <laughs> they weren't as quite as crisp as they could have been. But I ended up laying him down and suturing him that way because it was dangerous. But my brain was not really considering how serious it could have been yeah. if he had kicked me or, or he had fallen on me. But you being there and seeing something and saying something did also make my mind shift that I needed to make some changes, which was not easy for me. It is not easy for me to ask for help or to admit I can't do something. I've always had the mentality of if I just work hard enough, if I just keep working and keep moving forward, it will all work out. And I think having kids was the first time that that didn't play out that way. So had the baby and then had a really hard time going back to work because you started traveling more with your yeah, job. And so I was taking her out on calls in the middle of the night. I was still 50% on call, still working 60 hours. Uh, and so I had to make a change. So switched over to small animal. We'll get more into all that and that transition. But I do think that you supporting me through that was huge. And now I work emergency. I work less shifts, but work longer shifts. And then I travel, speak, and we own a vet hospital. Yes. So those are all those stages that we've been through. Which one was your favorite one? I think the next one. What's the next one? I don't know. It's everything kind of progresses and moves forward. And I do think I know, we're I get excited about, you know, what what's next. Right. I so. do think that we're an, an older kid family. Like we really enjoy that our kids now can like get up and go. We just went to Europe with them mm -hmm. uh, on a vacation. And so we really like involving them in travel and in things more and more, which I think is definitely a fun stage. Okay. And then finally, we bought a vet hospital a year ago. Yep. And we get a lot of questions about working together as a family. And honestly, there's a big stigma in vet med about family-friendly practices or family-owned practices because a lot of the 
thought is the office manager is the wife and she is drama and, you know, there's drama between the husband and the wife and that leaks over into the practice. So tell me a little bit about the things we've talked about and the way we've structured it so that hopefully that's not the case. <clears throat> that's a good good question. I think this is still kind of a work in progress a little bit if we're completely transparent. Are you saying that we've there's opportunities for improvement? Had some miscommunications and misfires along the way? Um, we're not perfect. Not perfect. So <laughs> no. so I, I do think, I mean, we, we definitely have unique skill sets, right? right? I mean, you're much more um you're much better at dealing with the people, the individuals, the people that work for us, work with us, uh, the vision of where we need to go, where we need to take this. How do we become more efficient practicing medicine, right? I mean, those those are your areas of expertise. Mine is more on the back end. You know, how do we how do we increase revenue? How do we improve our margins? How do we reduce our expenses? You know, the different levers that we can pull to to become more profitable. And I think you have to have both people. Uh, or at least both skill sets. One person can have both skill sets. We don't have that um, to to make this ship go right. So I think that's we've kind of developed our swim lanes, if you will. And I mentioned that in the last podcast, but we kind of know what direction we're going. Um, and there is some overlap between the two. You know, some somebody's got to marry a vision with the reality of how do we pay for it, or you know, how is this going to become profitable profitable for us? So there's definitely some interaction or intertwining of the two. Um, I don't know that there's a true separation between work and home life. No. I mean, I, I think we have if, finance if, meetings at yeah, 10 o'clock at night. If people try to divide that and say we're going to leave everything at work, I mean, that's unrealistic, I think. I mean, there's going to be times where you have to have discussions at night because somebody quit or is not coming in or whatever that may look like. So if you think you're going to go home and, you know, just be a married couple, then you probably shouldn't own a hospital together. And there sense. is. For the most part, we've developed like which hats we're going to wear there. And I think we're good at sticking to it. I will be honest that like one of our biggest fights ever, and I don't even know if you remember this, was years ago where we were talking about owning a hospital. And I was like, well, I'd be the boss. <laughs> I do remember that, yes. And you were not happy. Now I kind of hope you fire me. <laughs> not happy. <laughs> but, you know, in my mind, one person needed to have the final say on yeah. everything. And it couldn't be 50 50 because you would never make decisions right if you were completely torn on a situation and so i felt like because i was a veterinarian and i understood the industry like i needed final say on everything and i've come around to the fact that there's things that you understand much better and i need to respect that and i think you're the same way with me and ultimately we're on the same page you know 95 percent of the time there's very few things we disagree on when it comes to the practice. But that was a big fight. And I think the the word boss was triggering. I think that me just feeling like I automatically should get something because of my degree was tough. And so we obviously worked through it because uh, we bought the hospital. But that was years ago. And I still remember that. And I am glad we talked it out so much prior to owning it. And I think our team in general knows like all the time they joke that we need to talk to the finance guy if I want to buy something. So I think they know also your strengths and like what you're kind of over and then what I'm over. Um, and we did – what did you make me do? What was it called? A f organizational chart? Yes, we had to build an org chart. That was very important. Yes. I didn't even know what that was prior to having a hospital. So we'll we get also, into that. We also whiteboarded, you know, kind of the goals and ambitions. And, you know, every, every decision we make today – is based on the whiteboard, based on the whiteboard and what's going to happen in five, five years. years. Yes. Okay. 
You got See, it. you've taught me well. Yes. But all these corporate terms that I really didn't know, KPI, PL, we're going to get into all that in the future episodes. Uh, but I do think that's been a learning curve for me. And I think you've learned some things from me too. Oh, yeah, 100%. Which have been helpful. So overall, we're a good team. Yep. I'm excited about it. And I don't it. think this is any different than because we all know the businesses as well. We're partners in other, other ventures. The partnership exists even outside of a spouse relationship as yes. well. So uh, we're the same have for some other businesses and we have visionaries and people running operations and then me kind of running the back back office. So I don't think that changes whether it's, a you know, if, if you have another person that wants to buy a hospital, right, um, they don't necessarily have to have their husband working there, or their partner working there. But that partner still needs to be available to have conversations. Right. So well, even if I wasn't involved in the day to day of the hospital. You could still come home and say, hey, what do you think about this? Right. So as a partner that may be listening, understand that even though you may not be involved day to day, that that job is going to come home. Right. So just be prepared for that. I would agree with that. I, they also say when you buy a hospital or if you partner with somebody, it's like a marriage. 100%. We just like have the marriage and then, yeah. <laughs> and then our partners in practice. So it works out. So that is kind of the scope of our relationship in a very condensed, shortened version. Um, I do love you and appreciate you. So thanks for being here and doing this. I know you're really excited about it. I think it's probably almost your tea time, so we should wrap things up. Uh, in general, if you have specific questions for us, make sure to submit those on any of the social media pages or website, and we will get to those in the future. If you enjoyed this episode in any way, shape or form, or think you got some value out of it, which we hope you did, make sure to like, share and review us on whatever platform you're listening to it on. And thanks again for joining. Have a great day.